0: We have, we have a minute, but just thank you all for sitting closer so that I don't have to yell to reach you in the back. No, but this way we can, we'll be able to communicate with, uh, I just enjoy an open Bible study more than a closed one. So, I'm really thankful for that and appreciate you all doing that. So tonight, as usual, if you have questions or comments, just raise your hand and, um, JJ's going to walk around with a microphone and hand it to you, and, or hold it, so we won't pass the mic. He'll hold it so that um, you can speak, that, and that's for the people online, not for us, right? We're, we, we should be able to hear, but with the microphone, we definitely will be able to hear. So, really appreciate it. Thank you. <clears throat> All right. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for coming tonight and uh, joining us for a study of God's Word. We're going to John chapter 9 tonight to finish up where we left off. Last week, we're going to pick up there. Remember, we're talking about falling in love with Jesus, um, and Jesus is the door uh, of the sheep. So we need to finish that out, and then we'll get on to the next one. But we really appreciate you being here tonight and uh, giving us your time. Those who are online and uh, certainly those who are here present with us tonight. Let's go to God in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do, we do praise Your holy and divine name, and we're just so thankful to You for Your patience, for Your kindness, for Your mercy that You uh, You share. We thank You, Lord God, for giving us another day today, for giving us, uh, Lord God, the ability to see uh, the pandemic lessening, and uh, for blessing us, Lord God, to just just renew our faith and confidence and conviction in you. And we ask, Lord God, that you will watch over us through this study, that you will keep our minds from worldly thoughts and help us to together to dig, to learn more about our Savior, your Son, that we might fall in love even more so than we have in the past, with with you, with the Godhead and with Jesus. In Jesus' holy and precious name we do pray and thank thee if it be thy will. Amen. So John chapter nine, we left off last week showing in John 9, that um, one of the things that um, that plagued, I'm going to use the word plague, plagued, plagued the, um, the Pharisees and the lawyers and the Sadducees, you know, they weren't listening, and they weren't listening because they were always, they were thinking about themselves, and, and Saul, so when the man born blind. Um, the, the big, you know, big question was, uh, who sinned this man or his parents? The the apostles missed it. The scribes and Pharisees missed it. And I, I want us to um to think about the fact that um, it's easier when we don't understand something to blame God or someone else. And and I mean, it's not good, but that's just as humans. What um what a lot of us seem to do when we're studying the Bible with people. Um, you you won't hear things like. You won't often hear in the beginning of your Bible study dealing with doctrinal matters. Praise God, all glory to God. This is wonderful. This is great. You usually hear, "Well, I can't believe God would do that." You know, why does God? It's almost like, who does God think he is? <laughs> right. But um, what happens when you're reading the Bible and the finger points back at you? And, and that's where we start tonight. We start with that thought in uh, John nine and verse twenty-six. The finger points back at the Pharisees, who are who are blaming uh, Jesus for for healing this blind man, uh, and we and blaming this blind man as a liar or whatever they're trying to say about him. In verse twenty six, uh, the Pharisees uh, they said, therefore to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already, and you did not listen. Why did you want to hear it again? You do not want to become his disciple, too do you verse 26 Tracy <laughs> Oh you're on 28 okay i'll get there next then thank you all right yeah okay i wonder I was like oh it's not up there okay that's all right so the, the question is um and i didn't i didn't give that to her so <laughs> whenever it's not up there it's my fault it's not Tracy's fault um the the question was do you want to be his disciple too and that was the furthest thing from their mind Right? So he's like, Why are you so curious about how he made me well? What difference really does it make? And, and the reality, reality was, when he was saying this, he was saying, You know, um, I've told you, but you're not willing to listen. You're not willing to hear me. Look at verse 28. We'll go there now. And they re- reviled him and said, You are his disciples, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he is from. Now listen to this response. Then the man answered and said to them, Well, here's an amazing thing that you do not know where he is from, and yet he opened my eyes. So it's kind of a ridicule. The challenge is maybe you aren't as close to God as you think you are. That's really what he's saying. Here's an amazing thing. You know You know Moses, and you've got this special relationship with God, and yet you don't know the guy that opened my eyes that performed a miracle that's never been performed on the face of the earth. Maybe you're not as close to God as you think you are. So what happens when the Pharisees hear that kind of message from them? Well, when the finger is pointed back at us, we don't like it. He goes on to say, so that it's, 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 um, it's undeniable. He goes on to say, we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is God fearing and does his will, he hears him. Since the beginning of time, it has never been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. So the points he makes are so powerful, it's irrefutable. Uh, he, you know, he says, okay, here's what we know. First of all, we know you don't know him. That's a problem. what we know about him. He's not a sinner. He's innocent. God doesn't hear sinners. He calls Jesus righteous. Here's a righteous man, and you don't know a what? A righteous man. Right? Here's a righteous man right before you who made me see or, or opened my eyes so that I could see. And this righteous man, we know God does not hear sinners, but we know he did this in the name of God. He called On God, the God of Moses, whom you say that you know, whom maybe, I know you're saying, wait, he's making a whole storyline out of this. But yeah, it's true, right? This is what's going on right now. He is really standing strong and firm against the Pharisees. And the reason why this is so important is because it is the Pharisees who have, um, they have um, threatened everyone saying, if you announce or if you declare Jesus to be the Son of God, we're throwing you out of the temple. He's not afraid. He just stands up for what he knows to be right and what he knows to be true. Then he says and declares to them, in, in the whole Bible that you know, scribes and Pharisees, uh, in the whole Bible, it has never been stated that Jesus or any anyone, rather, has ever opened the eyes of a blind person. So here's what we do know based on this. The conclusion is, in verse 33, if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. He has to be From God and what's funny is you don't know who He is. And you're the religious leaders. That's a really that's a bad kick right now. Okay. And um and so here here all of this is about Jesus and it's it's the amazing grace of God that now now they see now what the Pharisees should have done, right? The proper response would have been You know what, you're making a good point. It's true, this is true, that is true, this is true, and that is true. We ought to rethink our position. How often does that happen? How often does that happen when we're uh, discussing uh, the gospel with, with other people? How often? Look at verse 34 now. They answered and said to him, You were born entirely in sins, and are you teaching us? And they put him out. Now here's what's interesting, okay? This is not on the screen. But I'm gonna to read to you verses 1 through 3 of chapter 9. Okay, the Pharisees conclusion was, here's the conclusion, you were born entirely in sins. So don't try to teach us, right? But listen to what Jesus said. And as he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him saying, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents that he should be born blind? Jesus answered, it was neither that this man sinned nor his parents, But it was in order that the works of God might be displayed in him. What did Jesus say? So I want to talk about that for a moment. Okay. Through all this dialogue, they they talk to the mom, they talk to the um, the the mom and dad, they talk to the man born blind on several occasions. The conclusion that's drawn by the blind man who now sees is obviously this man came from God and he has to be the Messiah. Uh, the Pharisees refuse to believe, uh, that Jesus is, uh, from God, even though we know for sure, Nicodemus told us already in John 3, that we know you've come from God as a, as a root. We know it because no man can do the things you do except you be from God. That's in John chapter 3. So it's not that they don't know, they refuse to believe. And what do they do? Do they say, well, wait a minute, we know he's not a sinner and you're right? Or do they Simply disregard what Jesus said completely and totally and go at what they want to believe to be true. What happens in our religious discussions with people today when we're studying with them? Does any of this, does any of this happen in your discussions with people? It does, right? How do we handle it? What do, what do we do? I mean, I, I remember when I was a young uh, Christian, um, you know, the gloves were on, right? I mean, you know, I used to teach Bibles, we'd study, and then I'd become a little confrontational, and then, and then, because they become confrontational, and I, I try not to, I, you know, I said, can't you see, wait, it's right here, look, it's, just, read it again, read it again, and it's, no, it's just wrong, you don't know what you're talking about, and it would, it would upset me because I'm, I was so zealous, but I was zealous in the wrong way, right? Trying to save their souls, trying to make them see what they're, but they, but they can't see it. And why couldn't the Pharisees? Let's talk about this for just a moment, opening up the floor to questions. Why couldn't the Pharisees see what was right before them? Why couldn't they see it? And then that question trickles into today, is there any relationship to that? Why is it that people today, even ourselves, why is it that sometimes we cannot see? Or why is it that people have not seen uh, some of the things, some of the truths that we read in the Scriptures? Uh, let's, let's open up. Are there any th- thoughts on that or comments? Go ahead. Yes. Okay. We got two of them. Um, JJ.
1: So blind as those who will not see. Now, this might be a little bit off the subject, but you were showing verse thirty-one. There it says, "God does not hear sinners, but He, but those who worship Him and." Obey and, and do his will mm-hmm. he hears them mm-hmm. how do those people millions and many, many groups today espouse the sinner's prayer mm-hmm. they say you're a sinner you should you should pray and 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 you'll be saved mm-hmm. right they don't understand, they don't see the the second part those right. who worship him and do his will mm-hmm. so you have to do his will first right I realize that's a little bit off subject. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, no, you're right. I mean, that's... Um, but it just shows it. If, if you don't really want to see it, yes, you're not going to see it. You're not
0: going to see it. I, and, Jerry, how many times have you shown that Scripture to someone in a Bible study, and they just disregard it? Right? I mean, you show them that one, and you go to Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2, um, where God's hand is not so short that he cannot say it and his ear dull that he cannot hear, but your iniquities, your sin, have made a separation between you and your God. You share that with them, and they go, well, I still, and you go, but they don't want to see when well, you're right. When a person doesn't want to obey it and see it, they're not going to see it. You're right. Here's something I've learned. I've learned that um if they're willing, we have to read the same Scripture over and over again at least four times. For them, even I mean, it, it it hasn't always made a difference, but it does help sometimes. Uh, yes,
2: to yeah, to answer your question and agreeing with with Jerry that um, they don't they they don't want to see it. Um, I was thinking about um, that. Well, because they they don't they want what they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, people want we we want what we want. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was immediately thinking about the Israelites when they begged samuel for a king and samuel was you with the gloves on mad upset because they uh the israelites what is it they rejected him right and god said it ain't about you mm-hmm. it's about me they rejected me right so let's get let's give them what they want mm-hmm. but we need to tell them what's going to happen mm-hmm. and even telling the israelites what was going to happen with their king who we know was Saul, they still said no but we still want that because we want to be like everybody else right and so today when we are bringing the gospel the truth to to people you are telling me i can't do this even though you're showing them right here in the scripture and what why we get so upset is because it's right here Mm -hmm. it's it's plain and simple but it's plain and simple to me not necessarily to them because they still want to do what they want to do Mm -hmm. and until they are ready, and just like us, until we are ready to accept God for who He is and as the supreme being, the author and the finisher of everything, mm-hmm. they're not going to want to listen to what the word says.
0: Yeah, right.
2: Uh wanting to have God our way instead of yeah, uh and, and that's
0: and with that, you know, um Samuel, yeah, he was angry, right? Verse Samuel eight. But uh so was God, right? Hosea thirteen, uh Hosea thirteen eleven. Uh, I gave you a king in my anger, I took him away in my wrath. So God was angry too, right? So but that's what happens is uh you it's if it's clear, uh and, and that's where maybe you've heard you've heard this this question, um, would you like me to lie to you or tell you the truth? <laughs> you know, right? You're asking me a question about uh salvation, do you want me to lie to you or to, I actually did that in the Bible study one time. Maybe that's not the correct thing, but this God was getting really angry at me every time I showed him the truth. And then I just, you know, and finally I just said, he asked me a question. And I said, well, do you want me to lie to you or tell you the truth? And then, you know, he just kind of looked at me like, just, you know, okay, uh, let me show you again. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just showing you what they'll say at the Lord. And you're right. It's right here. So our zeal, our desire for them to be saved becomes uh, very evident uh, to them. So what's, what's scary about the blinding, blinding um, of the eyes is even if Jesus were right in front of us, if we don't want to see it, like Jerry brought up earlier, they closed it out like you just said, we're not going to see it. Even if Jesus were right, I mean, and that's exactly what they had. They had the Messiah who at this point is performing a miracle that uh, has never been seen before, uh, uh, never been done before, maybe ought to say that. And, uh, and yet their eyes were closed because they refused to see it. They just closed their eyes to the truth. And there's so many times in the scriptures where you'll read about People closing their eyes and closing their ears when they hear something or see something they don't want to admit to be true, or hear something they don't want to uh, acknowledge as true, as if as if it's going to go away, right? Ignorance is bliss, right? Not, not in the Bible, but you know, in our world, it's a great idea or concept that really holds no water uh, anywhere else in the world. So, um, I wrote this. I thought about this. You know, as humans, I could see this standing before God on Judgment Day, and God saying, I had the light right in front of you. And you say, well, that was a problem, God. It was too bright and I couldn't see, <laughs> right? <laughs> I just thought, you know, our excuses and a justification for uh, the way that we live. Instead of loving God, uh, they resisted God. And it, it's from this context. It's from the context of, of you know, you might want to grab John 3 and, and go forward, but the whole context up to chapter 9, this, this amazing passage of scripture, all of John 9 about this more man who's born blind, here's this noteworthy miracle, it's undeniable, everything here brings us to John chapter 10. So when we get to John 10 about Jesus being, uh, the open door of the sheep, you can't get to heaven without, without going through Jesus. Right? You know, people don't like to hear that either. But that's the exact teaching of Jesus, that here are these people, these Pharisees, who are going to die lost because the door, the light, the door is open, the light is in front of them, and they are just justifying everything, and they're not willing to listen. They're not going to go to heaven. Now, is it fair to say that? Is it scriptural to say that? (laughs) Yeah, very scriptural, isn't it? It's scriptural because I know it's scriptural because Matthew 23 tells me it's scriptural because Jesus said, you travel about land and sea and make one a disciple and you make him twice as much of son of hell as you are. And that was Jesus talking to the scribes and Pharisees. So I know what I'm saying is scriptural, though people have a difficult time with what, what Jesus is doing. He's using this now as a, uh, a segue, if you will, to, to bring us into the reality, and the reality is, no one gets to God, no one gets to heaven unless you go through Jesus. And Jesus um, showed us such patience and kindness and gentleness and mercy in times when you and I would have gone—I mean, I would have personally gone crazy. I mean, <laughs> just these Pharisees will drive you crazy because uh, they knew the truth but refused to obey the truth. How do we know they knew it? Because God said uh, also in Matthew uh, 23, he says, do what they say, but not as they do, right? Uh, so, so now Jesus closes the whole thing out uh, in John 9. We're going to go down to verse 39. And in verse 30, 39, it says, and Jesus said, for judgment I came into the world, this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may become blind. Those of the Pharisees who were uh, with him heard these things and said to him, "We are not blind too, are we?" And Jesus said to them, "If you were blind, you would have no sin, but since you say, we see, your sin remains." You see the problem? They had it all figured out, and yet they were blind as a bat. They, they couldn't even see the truth, and it was because they were unwilling to obey. They were unwilling to listen. So Jesus just, just closes this whole thing out with the scribes and Pharisees by saying, if you were blind, if you had humbled yourself right now and you would just say, God, please teach me, you would see right now. You would be enlightened. But because of the fact that you think you know more than God himself, your sin will remain because the Savior is right here, right? So, so this, this carries us over in uh into John chapter ten. I want to read verses one through six, and I want to go back and grab um, more on this this door that Jesus is the door. Truly remember, keep in mind the context, right? The the man born blind and Jesus Christ now saying, Hey, you Pharisees, you because of the fact that you say you see, you are blind. So basically you are not going to heaven. That's the context. Uh but the people who are blind, who surrender to me, they are going to be able to make it in because they have submitted properly. Truly, truly, I say to you, verse one, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he puts forth all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. And a stranger, they will simply not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech, Jesus spoke to them, but they did not understand what those things were, which he was saying to them. Listen to verse one. What does Jesus call the scribes and the Pharisees? (laughs) Nothing good, right? nothing good um he you know you're you're a thief and you're a robber that's that's all you are i mean he really really laid it out there for the scribes and pharisees but of course they did not they did not see it it it's through it's through jesus alone there's no other way and so when 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 we teach um what the bible says there's one church and people become offended there's no other way <laughs> I mean, right? When we say there's one name, there, there's no I mean there are a lot of great people out there, a lot of great great men, uh a great great philosophers and all those kinds of whatever you want to call them, religious leaders, okay. Great in the sight of men, not all men, but just in their in their believers, not great in the sight of God. There's no other name. Right? And so if if we're following by another name uh to try to get to heaven, you're not gonna make it. it it's just it only by Jesus there is no other Way is the only way. In verse ten, verse ten says, "Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came it might have life and might have it abundantly. I just want you to see the contrast and why why we should love Jesus. He He didn't come to give us a difficult life. He came to give us a full and abundant life. And if if we would surrender our own will. To Jesus, life becomes a whole lot happier and a whole lot easier. But if we continue to live selfishly, then life is going to be very difficult and very troubling. Jesus loves us so very much that that when he came to give us this abundant life, he, he paid a tremendous price for it, right? But the price he paid was for us. Here's something that does not mix greed and religion. They don't they don't go well together, right? They just don't they just don't mix. Um, Jesus came in humility. Uh, Has God given us? We're going to go to Romans one. I know this is an obvious. I guess the question answers itself really in reality Um, for us. Has God given us everything that we need? As far as uh, when someone says, "I just I just need more to believe in Jesus," has He already given us everything? Yeah, there's no. I mean. It's not, when, um, I've learned that sometimes I ignore some of the uh, questions that people ask in Bible class because they're not always looking for an answer, they're looking for a fight, right? So I kind of stay away from the the fight. Um, The Pharisees could say, well, Jesus, you know, he didn't give us enough evidence to prove that he was who he said he was. How do we know that that is not... We're going to judge their hearts. How do we know that's not true? Well, because he rose from the dead. And they still didn't believe. <laughs> when when they said in Matthew 27, um, come down from the cross and then we'll believe in you. Do you really think they would have believed? No, they wouldn't have believed. Because greater than coming down from the cross was the resurrection. And yet, though the resurrection was in front of them and evident, they still persecuted the Christians. So people are going to only obey what they want to obey, right? Uh, so does that mean that we should um, make, uh, as a church, uh, a, a tremendous amount of evangelistic programs? And what I mean by that is things that draw people in to, to compete with the denominations in the world today. Will, will that bring people to Christ? What do you think? No, it's not. And if you bring them for that reason, have you really saved their soul? I mean, right? I mean, we bring them. They gotta fall in love with Jesus and repent, right? Um, It's not about. It's not about that. It's about. This is a spiritual house, right? This is about God, and and so if we make it about God and keep it about God, those who want God will have an opportunity to have God. But if we make it about us, then we have to do something. We gotta really reconstruct this building. Um, you you know, I was uh, I I told the elders when the chairs were when the pews were gone. And the chairs were gone, that soccer practice was at two. Right? Uh, because that is a big old auditorium open. I said, Yeah, just come join us. Um, um I learned some history about that too, by the way. But uh it was, you know, just the idea, oh, that would really draw people in. Right? We could open up the auditorium for soccer practice and move the chairs out once a week and we we really that's not gonna save their soul. Right? Um if we put a band behind us, even though God tells us not to. That's not going to save their soul. Like, it may do something around singing. We may have some kind of entertainment. It's not going to save our... If we just preach sermons um, that are just, you know, uplifting, you're doing great, rah, 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 keep up the good work, and never challenge our faith, never challenge us, that's not going to save our souls. If we teach Bible classes all about how wonderful you all are and just keep, keep you know, it doesn't matter what kind of sins in your life. I heard something today. I heard that that love is messy. So that's the explanation for all the adultery and, and, and homosexuality and lesbianism and, and all that stuff. Because love is just messy. I you go, know, wow, what an excuse, huh? Well, God, no, you don't understand. Love is messy. No, well, actually it's not. It's not, it's not messy. We, we make it messy because we want what we want. Right? God has given us everything. And, and so I'm, I'm bringing this in Romans 1 because I want to remind us of the fact that God was standing in front of the scribes and Pharisees. He was everything, and they rejected Him. And even when God gives us everything, people who do not want God are not going to surrender to God. Verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. There is no excuse. So, we go back to John 10. Jesus says, My sheep, listen to me. So those who are not listening to Jesus are not the sheep of Jesus. At one time, I was not a sheep of Jesus because I didn't listen to Jesus. Quite frankly, I don't know how much uh, I've cared about Jesus. I didn't really think about Jesus. I thought about me. Anybody, anybody been there? <laughs> right, I was thinking about me. I mean, I just... Today's a new day, and it's Friday night, and I'm going to go and have fun. Saturday night, I'm going to go and have fun. Sunday morning, I'm going to sleep in because I got to work on Monday. <laughs> right? Thursday night, too, right? I'm going to go have fun. John 10, in verse 22. At that time, the feast of the dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. And the Jews therefore gathered around him and were saying to him, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you and you do not believe the works that I do in the, my father's name. These bear witness of me, but you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. So look, you got to realize when we're out trying to talk to people about falling in love with Jesus, It's not that they haven't read it. It's that they refuse to believe it. Right? And then when someone believes it, you can't help but to surrender to Jesus because Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Jesus said, I told you. They said, tell us plainly. He said, I've told you, but you're not listening. John 8, let me show you how many times he told them. John 8, verse 56. What happened when he told them? John eight fifty six, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. The Jews therefore said to him, You are now fifty years, yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. What do you what do you do with Jesus now at this point? You kill him. <laughs> you asked, and I told you. Verse fifty nine. Uh, Therefore, they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid his, um, himself and went out of the temple. He did tell them. Look, look earlier, John chapter five in his um, uh, teaching. John five in verse thirty six. But the witness which I have is greater than that of John, for the works which my, which the Father has given me to accomplish. The very works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me, he has borne witness of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form. And you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe him whom he sent. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is these that bear witness of me, and you are unwilling to come to me, that you may have life. So, how many people, uh, think about that? They, they do. They, they search. They read the Bible. But then, you know, as Jerry mentioned earlier, you read the Bible and then for, you know, then they step away from the Word of God and say, say the sinner's prayer. And you go, wait a minute, that's not in the Bible. How, you know, talking to my own family, my own friends, I'm like, okay, so where is that in the Bible? Well, you know, I, it's, um, it's, I don't know right now, but, and I go, it's not in the Bible. But saying it's not in the Bible isn't, isn't enough, you know, for people because of the fact that they're looking for eternal life, but they want it their own way, right? Look at verse 40. And you are unwilling to come to me that you may have life. I, I do not receive glory from men, but I know you that you do not have the love of God in yourselves. How about that for a Bible class? Start right there. Say, now before we, before we continue our class, I just have a question for you. How would you answer this question that Jesus is asking? Or oh, the statement that Jesus says, He gave us all these miracles in the Bible. What do you, what do you think about those? Oh, oh yeah, well definitely. Uh, Jesus is, is amazing. Okay. Um, now, are you willing to follow Him? Oh yeah, everything He says. Well, you know, yes, I am. Okay. So if you don't follow Him, um, would you, would you admit that this scripture is true? That He says if you don't follow Him, It's because you don't have the love of Jesus in your heart. Love of God. That's an interesting start, isn't it? And then close with that scripture. Do you have the love of God in your heart? Because if you do, you know what we got to do, right? (laughs) You got to get baptized into Jesus. But people, today it's... um, Isn't that considered hate speech? (laughs) I guess, right? All right, let's think about the door um, for a moment. The door... um, the The word door, the idea in the Bible, the word door, the idea of the door. Jesus is the door. Is Jesus is Jesus one who causes division? Let's see. Let's let's think about that. It does that mean division? It does. Does G, now Jesus confesses that by Matthew ten. And he says, you know, about was 34, or so, you know, I'm going to set a mother against her daughter. And a, and he goes through the whole family, doesn't he? Turn to Genesis chapter 7. The door means that, um, if we think about it, there, there's only one door. And there are two sides to the door. <laughs> there are two sides to the door. The inside. And the outside. And Jesus is the door, so people are either what? Inside or outside. There is no in-between. And just trying to give you another way of thinking of the same idea. There is no in-between. You're either inside or you're outside. The question tonight is, as we're talking about falling in love with Jesus, they here's a, qu- a comment here in a moment. Uh, as we're talking about falling in love with Jesus, do you love God enough to get inside if you're outside? And if you're outside, do you want to come inside? And if you're inside, are you going to stay inside? That's the question. Uh, okay, right. Uh, Jaden, actually. Sorry. Yes, sir.
2: Um, one of the things I like to think about um, the way you just put it that Jesus causes. Speak up a little
0: bit. Can't hear you. I'm oh, sorry.
2: I was saying the way I think about it, and you were saying that Jesus causes division. It's not His fault He causes division; it's our fault because we're humans. and well, you're right we, about that. It is our fault. It is flawed. correct.
0: It is choices, right? Choices. That's that's very, very true. Again, uh, I see. I was automatically blaming God, <laughs> right? Uh, just a natural thing. It's easier. You're right. It's our fault because uh, because it's clear. Um, okay, so we're, we're either inside. Or we're outside. What happens in a Bible study when we when we show people um, that they're outside? Do they are they happy and say, "Wow, let's let's do something about this," or do they just? I mean, they turn you off. They get angry. They're upset. They you know the Bible study's over. <laughs> all, all kinds. Of, it doesn't always happen. Thank God for that. But if, if it always happened, we wouldn't be here today, would we? Your, your hearts. Thank God for your hearts. So Noah, as he constructed the ark for for all that time, right over a hundred years, and building this ark, and um, and God closed that door. You were either inside, or you were outside, right? Um, those outside, we're still thinking about the idea of the sheep um, breaking the door down, the thief, the robber. Those outside could not get inside because God closed the door, right? Those inside could not get outside because God closed the door. And you realize that's what heaven's going to be like. Once you're inside, you can't get outside. And once you're outside, you can't get inside. See, so now is the time to teach people about Christ. Um, and, and regardless of the fact of, of how they may... Um, Respond to the gospel, to the message, we still have to teach them. And if we find in our study that they're outside, don't be afraid to say to them, clearly, you are outside. And we're just trying to show you what Jesus says and how He opens the door to you today to get you inside. And there's only one way to get through that door, is through Jesus. And Jesus said, He that believeth in is baptized. I mean, it's, it's pretty, pretty simple. Someone said to me one day, in the Bible study, well, I only listen to the red letters in the Bible. you know. And um, I said, okay, well, let's listen to what Jesus said. And they still didn't do it. <laughs> all right, look at verse 15 and 16. So they went into the ark uh, of Noah by, uh, by twos of all flesh, and which was the breath of life. And those that entered, male and female, of all flesh, entered as God had commanded him, and the Lord closed it behind them. It's a really scary, uh, scene. We're going to Matthew 7 because we're going to close with this. Here, God is just so a hundred, over a hundred years of patience and gentleness and compassion. And, and I don't know what the, what sermon Noah preached except for, you know, pick up some wood and help me build this ark. God's going to send a flood. Let's get inside of Christ or inside of God. I don't know what message he spoke, but I know it must be pretty, pretty plain. Um, You know how many people were banging on that ark door when they saw the when the first drop fell from heaven. Think about that. Um, Can you imagine the the scratch marks on the ark? People trying to trying to get in, and then all that leftover wood. Can you imagine all the boats that folks were trying to construct when that rain started? You know, all the leftover scraps. You know, there's no way, right? There's only one door. And Jesus is that is that door. Um, God gave them opportunity. God gave them a chance. And God is still patient, not wishing that any perish, but for all to come to repentance, God is still waiting today. And today could be it. I mean, I don't know, right? Tomorrow could be it. Next week, I don't know. You, you don't know. God already told us there will be no sign. It's just going to happen. And those, when Jesus come back, those that are outside will die outside. And those that are inside will die inside. And and what I thought about one day, well, not one day, it was not long ago when our earthquake came. um, You know, what what do we not do when an earthquake hits? What have you never, ever, I know I have never done it before. um, and, And maybe you haven't, I don't know. I've never stopped and said, oh, let me pray real quick. Who's ever done that? You ever seen anyone do that before? No, we try to get out of the building or, or something, find some shelter or something. I think that's the way it's going to be in the end. You're not going to think about You're not going to have time to pray. It's going to be over like that, right? Those who are outside will die outside. And those who are inside will die inside. Matthew 7 and verse 13. Um, on that day, on that judgment day, uh, God speaks of those who are on the outside. He's already told us time and time again. He's already shown us tremendous patience. He's already told us and told us and told us and told us, and told us there's one way, there's one way, there's one way. And, and people just keep, they just refuse. But 13 says it's about the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction and many of those who enter by it uh, for the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life and a few uh, thereof or there are only a few are going to find their way only a few And then he goes on to say in verse uh, 21 Not everyone who says to me lord lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven But he who does the will of my father who is in heaven many will say to me on that day lord lord Did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name? Perform many miracles and then I will declare to you To them. I never knew you depart from me you who practice Lawlessness. And then John 10 will close out this, uh, this idea today. Verse 27. John 10 and verse 27. Jesus teaching on this same thought. My sheep hear my voice. And by the way, there's a gerund in there. That's the, he's not saying they hear my voice once. They continually hear my voice. And they continually do my will. Uh, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them. And they Follow me, they continually follow me. I continue to know them. And I give eternal life to them, and they shall never perish, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Tell us plainly, Jesus. Okay, I'm gonna tell you one more time. And he told them again. But did they surrender to it? So tonight the question is, um, you know, are my eyes closed? Am I blind? Uh, or or do, I, do I see? And that's why I'm, I'm unable to surrender to the, the kind, merciful, and just God. Because I've got to have it my way. And uh, I, I pray, God, that, that no one listening online, and none of us here have, a, have closed our hearts to Jesus. I'm really thankful to you all for coming, moving forward, and uh, participating, and and I um, will 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 continue this, and I hope to have a more dialogue throughout the class, uh, more of you and less of me, uh, it'll be a really enjoyable class, and I look I look forward to it tonight. If you're not a Christian, we encourage you, we invite you to become one, to surrender to God in the waters of baptism. The doors are open, the opportunity is before you. Uh, we'll have a devotional in just a moment for those of you that are here, that perhaps uh, you are not Christians and you would like to surrender to Christ or if you would like to uh, ask for prayers made on your behalf. We'll make that happen. If you are online, please uh, contact us, and uh, the door is uh, certainly open. We will we'll send uh, messages back to you. We'll respond, and we'll study in this new way. We'll study uh, through correspondence. We thank you again for your time. God bless each and every one of you.